Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show, who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com, and on the site, we have been writing up full, detailed series previews for each of the series in the divisional round of the playoffs. In this specific episode, I'm going to discuss what I wrote myself, actually, On the Twins and the Astros, which of these two teams is going to advance to the ALCS? And I'll set the stage for you. On one side, you have the complete underdog. The team that hadn't won even a playoff game in 19 years and hadn't won a playoff series in 21 years. The Minnesota Twins. They got the monkey off their back in the wildcard round, but guess what? They haven't advanced past this divisional round still in the 21 years. They were able to win a playoff series, but it was a three-game series. So this is a big test for them to advance on and really make a push to try to be a dark horse Cinderella story that could win a World Series this season. And honestly, when I started this exercise, I didn't really think that they were going to have a chance in this series. I I thought that as I looked under the hood and I dove through the numbers, that the evidence would come back to me pretty overwhelming that the Astros were going to win this series because I think for most of the second half of this season, really all year, I mean, we sort of talked about the AL Central as this division that no one really was trying to win. Like the Twins were in first place by default because they were the one team that was above 500, but didn't have real competition. Everyone thought the wildcard teams were more impressive than the Twins and they wouldn't even make it out of that round. Well, guess what? They just did that. They have really good pitching. And they got a shot here. The problem, they're going up against an Astros team that has represented the American League in the World Series four times in the last six years and has been in the ALCS in each of the last six years. They never get bounced in this first round. So, is the this the year it's going to happen? Are the Twins going to be the team that is going to actually upset the apple cart here? It's interesting. And we'll dive into it. I also would be remiss if I didn't announce or didn't discuss the big subplot of this series, right? Carlos Correa getting a chance to play his former team. Correa was amazing in the playoffs throughout his tenure with the Astros. He leaves last year and goes to the Twins in free agency. Jeremy Pena, his fill-in, ends up winning the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP And the Astros win a second championship and won without Correa. Now he gets a chance to try to knock him out of the playoffs himself. Even though it hasn't been a great season for Carlos Correa, this is an opportunity to rewrite the narrative of his season. Because if he goes out and he hits three home runs this series, a couple of them in Houston to silence a crowd that he used to ignite, and all of a sudden the Twins end up winning this series, everything he's getting paid is worth it. Right, and I think that's the benefit of having a guy career. Even you know Corey Seager, these guys that have had some injury questions in their careers. What we know about them is in, on the biggest stages, these are the types of players that can raise their game up and can lead you places. So I'm excited to see what Correa does in this series, particularly with that narrative aspect to it. Now, looking at the season series between these two teams, they met twice, both three game sets. And the Twins won both of them, so they won four of their six matchups. I didn't dive too deep into what happened into those games because, honestly, 
there's not a big enough sample to say, oh, the Twins have the edge because they won a couple of series in the middle of the season. Actually, they were both early in the season, in April and May. That's before Jose Altuve was a big factor. Uh, and, you know, before they had Justin Verlander added to this roster, I, I can't look at the season series and draw any conclusions from it. But as we get into the pitching matchups, this is where I think this series becomes very fascinating because on the surface, you would say the Astros have the edge. They have Justin Verlander and Fran Valdez. That's arguably the best one-two punch left in this postseason. You might want to say the Phillies have a better one-two punch, maybe the Braves, uh, but... Honestly, I, I think Verlander Valdez is, is up there with anyone. The Twins, though, have a pretty deep rotation. So, game one, advantage Houston, for sure. They got Verlander on the hill, and because of having to use Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray in the wildcard round, the Twins are going to put the ball in the hands of Joe Ryan. And that's just my assumption. There hasn't been any announced starter up to this point, but just following what they've done throughout the year, you would guess that Joe Ryan would be the guy. And he has not been great this season. 4-5-1 ERA, though the underlying numbers like him a bit better than that. His expected ERA is a full run lower at 3.51. He has really good stuff. He can get his strikeouts. But he was not great near the end of this past season, okay? Coming down the stretch, his final three starts for the Twins, he allowed 13 runs over 16 innings pitched. So he's not necessarily going into October on a hot streak. But... He is a guy with really good stuff that can surprise you. And I'll tell you what, if the Twins steal game one, they're sitting pretty in this series. Now, I don't believe they will because I think Justin Verlander is going to come through. A lot of times, I know there's a narrative put on Justin Verlander, similar to the one on Clayton Kershaw, that these are guys that don't come up big in October. But that's not the case if you look at his career, particularly in the first two rounds. Now, there is a narrative to be built around Verlander in the World Series and Obviously, if the Astros make it that far, we can get to it. But in the first two rounds of the playoffs, in the DS and the ALCS, his ERA is right around 3. 3.08 in the ALDS in his career, 3.01 in the ALCS. Um, in his last two starts this season, when the Astros were still fighting to just make the playoffs, he allowed just one run over 13 innings pitch. His second to last start, he went eight innings, allowed just one run. His last start, five scoreless. Again, Big edge to the Astros in Game 1. Game 2 is where this gets interesting because you have Pablo Lopez going up against Framber Valdez. Now, Valdez is an absolute animal, particularly in October. He was amazing last season in the playoffs. He allowed just four earned runs over 25 innings pitched. That was in four starts to account for a 1.44 ERA in the playoffs. He is amazing in the season. He pitched to a 3.45 ERA over 198 innings pitched. That's not going to be easy for the Twins. But what they need is Pablo Lopez to match him and turn this into a bullpen game and hope that you can just scratch across one more run. I mean, this is really the pivotal game in the series because if the Twins are down a game, you're going to be desperate to get this one to even things up. The Astros can put you away if they win the first two games. All but, right? So it's really important for Pablo Lopez, who's likely, I would think, going to be pitching with the Twins down in the series to come up massive, but he's clearly capable of doing it. He just went up against the Blue Jays, went five and two-thirds in the wildcard round, allowing just one run. On this season, he has a 3.66 ERA um, in 32 starts, 194 innings pitched. I think he's up to the challenge. I really do. And 
a big basis for my prediction on this series does go back to Pablo Lopez, but I'll I'll get to that in a bit here. Game three and four is where I think the Twins suddenly, you know, have a bit of an edge. Okay, and it starts with Sonny Gray in Game Three. As much of a disadvantage as the Twins are in, in Game One with Joe Ryan up against Justin Verlander, you could say the exact same thing with Sonny Gray versus Christian Javier. And Christian Javier and Joe Ryan are two pitchers that are a little bit similar in the sense that they have great stuff when they're on, but they weren't on enough this past year. For Javier, he added two runs to his ERA. He went from a 2.54 ERA in 2022 to a 4.56 ERA in 2023. And his strikeouts plummeted as well. It wasn't just bad luck. His strikeouts went from 11.7 per nine to 8.8. So there's something there to explain his struggles. He was expected to be the number two starter. The Astros originally let Justin Verlander walk in free agency. And they were relying on Valdez and Javier to be their frontline starters. Now, they also went into the season thinking they would have Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers, and they haven't due to injury. But there was that expectation that Javier could be the two, and it never happened. With that said, in October last year, he gave up one hit in his two stars between the ALCS and the World Series and was the pitcher that began a combined no-hitter, putting up six no-hit innings against the Phillies. So that's still in there, but unlocking it and him turning back the clock to finding it that's not guaranteed. Meanwhile, Sonny Gray just showed you in a playoff environment that he could be nails, as he was in the wildcard round. He was the guy that was able to clinch that first Twins playoff series victory in over 20 years. And you know now you look at him going up against the Astros, he's certainly up to the task. I mean, he pitched to a 2.79 ERA this season, over 184 innings. He's probably the Cy Young runner-up to Garrett Cole in the American League. And at home, he's even better than he was on the road. It wasn't a crazy split between home and road ERA. His ERA on the road was in the two nines. But at home, it was 2.67 and nearly 100 innings pitched. So he really thrives pitching in Minnesota. That's when the series is going to turn over and you're going to play those games in front of a Minnesota home crowd. And if they can bring that series back, tied at one game apiece. They need to go into Houston and grab one here. Then I think Sonny Gray is going to give them a lead in the series, and all of a sudden they just got to win one of two to actually take this series, which I think is a distinct possibility. Game four would be the time to do it, and that's where you're going to have a potential bullpen game on each side. I mean, Kenta Maeda makes the most sense for the Twins, and he certainly has playoff experience, and he has pitched well in the playoffs with both the Twins in 2020 and the Dodgers prior to that. Uh, So I think they have a real edge when it comes to the opener, so to speak. I think these are games where the starter's going to have a short hook. You know, Joe Ryan is going to be on three days rest. He could be a pitch out of the bullpen. Justin Verlander, three days rest. I don't know how they want to, you know, manage that. I think if they were down 2-1, who knows? Maybe he would actually start the game and try to give you some innings at the beginning. Maybe he'd come out of the bullpen. I really don't know. If not him, it's going to be Jose Urquidy or Hunter Brown. And these are guys that pitched ERAs over five this year. And I don't think Jose Urquidy is scaring anyone in a playoff situation. While Hunter Brown has the stuff, um, you know, he struggled down the stretch of the season. There was a point this year where he was in the rookie of the year conversation. 
and he really did. As as the year winded down, he started to falter a bit. You got to wonder how taxed he is going through his first full big league season. So I actually think the Twins have the edge in Game Four, and I'm looking back on my series prediction. Spoiler alert: I had the Twins in five, um, and. The more I'm thinking about it, I wonder if they're able to get the job done in four. The reason why I had Twins in five is because Pablo Lopez versus potentially Justin Verlander again if he doesn't pitch in game four, or if it's Pablo Lopez versus Framber Valdez, obviously that's a pitching matchup that can go either way, but I'm just banking on Lopez being able to keep the Twins in the game and actually, funny enough, I don't know how much I trust the Astros' bullpen. I think it's about even. I mean, you look at the season numbers, and you look at fielding independent pitching in particular, it's essentially even. Uh, you had the Twins at a 4.14 FIP. The Astros' bullpen ERA at a 4.15 FIP. Um, their expected FIP was 4.20 for the Astros, and it's 4.19 for the Twins. So basically neck and neck. The thing about it, as I'm looking at the closer, and that's where I think the Twins have a real edge because they have John Duran, who is like the nastiest pitcher on planet Earth. I mean, the guy is you know throwing you know whatever they, they call him, what they call him splinkers or something like that. Uh, you know the this this basically 98 mile per hour you know splitter that is just so disgusting that to try to create a new name to describe it. If they hand the ball to him with the lead three times, I think the Twins are going to advance. And that was really the basis of my prediction here, that the Twins are going to make it. And I feel like in a Game 5 situation, Pablo Lopez can get you through six, and Emilio Pagan and Griffin Jacks are two really good pitchers that can get you those those couple innings of bridge that you need to get to Duran. And then all of a sudden, I think he's going to lock the door down. Um, maybe look at the Astros. I mean, Ryan Presley has still had a good season, but he pitched to a three five eight ERA. Certainly wasn't as good as he's been in the past. Strikeouts were still there. He has all the playoff experience in the world. I'm not here to completely doubt him, but it is just something to note that his season hasn't gone quite as well as it had in years past. You know, Rafael Montero was a big part of the Astros bullpen last year. He's pitched to an ERA over five. Who knows how much they're even going to use him. Now, Brian Abreu was great this season. He had a 1.75 ERA. Hector Norris, great this season, a 1.71 ERA. His left on base percentage was over 90%. That's why his ERA was so low because you actually look at his ex-FIP, his expected fielding independent pitching, 4.45. So, uh, you know, underlying metrics would say that Norris has gotten some good fortune here. Uh, he walks a lot of batters, over four per nine, but. Hey, he's been really effective. So I think both of these bullpens are good. Honestly, these teams match up very close to each other. I mean, the lineups, obviously, I think the Astros probably have the edge because you look at their one through four, and it's, it's you know, arguably the best in baseball. To go to Altuve, to Bregman, to Kyle Tucker, to Jordan Alvarez, it really doesn't get much better than that. And it's funny because, again, I predicted Twins and five, and then the more you look at each individual component of an Astros team that always finds their way into the ALCS, you start to talk yourself out of it, right? You start to look at Altuve, who was unbelievable. He put up a four-win season in 90 games. If he played a full year, he's probably, again, a seven-win player. Uh, so that that's ridiculous how good he was. Bregman, 
Another solid season where he drove in 98, hit 25 home runs, a four-win season. Kyle Tucker, nearly a five-win season, 29 home runs. He was one home run away from the 30-30 club with 30 stolen bases, 112 driven in. And then Jordan had a 170 weighted runs created plus. WRC plus measures hitters based on a league average of 100. He was 70% better than your league average hitter. So one through four, it's as good as, as it possibly gets with the Astros. Jose Abreu struggled mightily at the beginning of the season. Still drove in 90 runs. Uh, Michael Brantley is the guy that could get hot in the series. Chas McCormick, career year. Jeremy Pena, we saw what he did on the big stage last year. You can't count him out. Don't know if they're going to go with Martin Maldonado or Yanner Diaz, but Diaz has been unbelievable offensively for them. So if they go that route, their lineup just gets that much longer. It's not as deep. For the Twins, you know, Edouard Julien, like he's really good atop the lineup for them. Jorge Polanco is certainly able to lead the yard at any time and is a nice, you know, two hitter if that's how they continue to line things up. Royce Lewis really shined in the moment, hitting home runs in his first two playoff at bats. Max Kepler, 24 homers this year. Carlos Correa has struggled this season, but we know what he can still do in October. And really look up and down the lineup. The crazy thing is, Alex Karloff, Matt Walner, Ryan Jeffers, Michael A. Taylor. All of them were in double digits in home runs this season. The Twins were tied for third best among all teams with 233 home runs. Astros were seventh best at 222. So the the Twins had to run into some home runs here. And that's what I'm counting on. I'm counting on the combination of Lewis, Correa, all of these different guys who can certainly hit those home runs to get the ball out of the ballpark against an Astros team that isn't maybe as sharp as they were in the past when it comes to their pitching. And then I'm counting on Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray to maybe win three of those five games, the, the games that they start, and the bullpen to, to come through for the Twins. I'm not going to move off my prediction. The more I read through the stats of my own article as I'm recording here, the more I kind of, again, pulled back. I was like, is it really going to happen? Are the Astros really going to be upset? But... And here's the thing about baseball. It's not always just one team that dominates. That can happen. Teams can have dynasties, and the Astros have certainly been that in the American League. But at a certain point, they're due to to fail. They're due to have a step back. And I think everything that happened to the Astros this season from you know struggling in the division and having the Rangers be the team for most of the year before they finally put it together down the stretch between not having Verlander and then having to trade two of your best prospects to get him at the deadline, even though it's at a discount with his salary, it's still, you know, they could have just re-signed him and paid him. They didn't. They had to bring him back. And he's at a stage of his career where he's great still. His overall numbers are awesome. But he can have a bad start. And if he puts the Astros in a hole by losing game one, they might not recover. So it's it's a series that I think is a lot more exciting than we maybe would first think on on initial glance. I mean, uh, the Correa Astros subplot is going to get all of the narrative. Everyone's going to be talking about just that. But what you might miss out on in doing that is seeing the really strong aspects of the Twins as a ball club that don't even include Correa, so to speak. It's some of these young hitters who have really arrived. It's the pitching of Lopez and Gray that really can get, carry them here on a deep playoff run. And it's a bullpen that I think 
looks really nice right now, particularly with Duran, you know, as that that fulcrum at the back end of it who can lock down those saves. So uh, I am definitely at this point pulling for the Twins. It's not why I'm picking them. I'm picking them because I think they're going to be able to pull it off, and I think the Astros are just due to have one year where they miss it so that they retool even more this offseason and find their way, um, you know, probably back to a World Series next year. But for now, that's my prediction. We'll see what happens. Uh, Thank you all for watching. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button. Same thing if you're following on the podcast feeds. Uh, Check out the other uh, content we have coming away at JustBaseball.com, all these written series previews, and I'll be doing videos on each of them over these next two days heading into the divisional round of the playoffs.